1: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or Sleepnumber.com. Welcome
2: to the Daily Face Off Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern.
0: It is a Thursday, December 9th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Tyler Remshuk filling in for Frank Cerevali, who's in sunny Florida. He'll be joining the show in about ten fifteen minutes time. But my co-host today is Mike McKenna. Mike, how's it going?
2: Well, it's, you know, it's going pretty good. It's not quite as warm and sunny as where Frank is when he's going to join <laughs> us later. But anytime I get to skate outside, 30 degree weather, wind in my face here in St. Louis, Missouri, it's a good day. So glad to join
0: you, Tyler. Could have made the first four topics uh, how jealous we are that Frank gets to be in some nice weather. Uh, But we will start with a team that's got some pretty nice offense going uh, as of late. Let's start two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and talk a little about the Colorado Avalanche. They are first in the NHL in goals four per game. They are second in the league in five on five goals four per 60. And Mike, they did it again last night, putting up seven on the New York Rangers. I mean, what can you say about the way this team is rolling and finding the back of the net?
2: Well, they're just playing so offensively gifted. You know, I mean, 27 goals in five games, nothing to sniff at. But a lot of it just comes from reasons you wouldn't expect with the Colorado Avalanche. They are now Mm -hmm. getting depth scoring from some of the young talent. Sure. Nathan McKinnon's doing his thing. He's filling the net. Devon Tejas had a great last five games. And Nazem Qadri, whoever saw him turning into Superman and being well over a point a game, he's sitting fourth in the NHL in scoring right now. But I'd like to highlight Logan O'Connor. Two goals last night. Uh, in 33 seconds, he's playing top six uh, minutes now on the team, and he's a free agent signing out of University of Denver. They they groomed him for two years in the American Hockey League, and he looks like an in house solution to give some flexibility for Jared bedner on the top two lines. And Alex Newhook, first rounder out of Newfoundland, three goal three game goal streak, and he started the year in the American League. Colorado Eagles ripped it up there gets recalled. He's got nine points in 14 games with the Avalanche and he's playing third or fourth line minutes. Again, it's an in-house solution. Avalanche needed that scoring depth. They're getting it from those players.
0: Yeah, and it, it really is a model on how competitive teams need to be built in the salary cap era. Like you mentioned, these are young guys on their entry-level contracts, not just contributing a little, but contributing a lot. And I love that you mm-hmm. brought up Nazem Kadri. I mean, if someone would have told you at the beginning of the year... Kadri's fourth in scoring. You would have said, okay, makes sense. Fourth in scoring on the abs, right? No, Take no. that, bud. All day, right, NHL. Tyler? <laughs> yeah. They have 13 skaters on their team over half a point per game, six players on their team over a point a game on the season. And again, I brought up the five-on-five five numbers with this team. Like, not only... Like, look at that gap between them and the Florida Panthers atop the league. And it's not like they're just doing it with a red-hot power play that's scoring one or two mm-hmm. goals a game. It's not like they're just doing it with you know, they're star players pushing the river and carrying the load. They haven't had Nathan McKinnon for 10 games this season, and they're still number one in the NHL in goals scored per games played. I mean, again, that depth as well, Mike, that ha- has to have you believing this is the cup contender we thought the Avs would be, right?
2: Yeah, they are. And especially if they start to get the goaltending they expect out of Darcy Kemper uh, and the, the depth goaltending as well. Pavel Francouz mm-hmm. is on a conditioning assignment with Colorado Eagles in the American Hockey League. I'm sure there's hope that he's going to bring some solidity to the net as well.
0: The other big story that came out of that game last night was not offense-related at all. It was Jacob Truba laying another eh, questionable hit, I think would be a fair way to say it. It was a couple nights ago on Jujar Kera. Then last night... He laid out Nathan McKinnon in the slot. Mike, you know, these hits, maybe not by definition against the rules in the NHL. And I mean, he hasn't really been suspended in his career for any of this, but is he maybe getting a reputation around the league here? Well, I think so. I mean, here's the
2: thing. By the rules, by what is in the NHL rulebook, these have not been dirty hits by Jacob Truba. And the way he's gone about them, he tucks his shoulder. He force, he drives through the player. But there has been head contact. It's been ruled in, in, you know, as something that was just a byproduct of the hit by the NHL. But here's the thing: players on opposing teams now are saying, "Trouba is a dirty player. You got to keep your head up, or he's going to throttle you in the neutral zone." And and there's a fear there now. Okay. And here's the thing: like you can make these hits all you want, but you got to understand there's repercussions. Four of the last five fights that Trouba's had in the NHL are because he lasered somebody with their head down. And it's hard for me to hear Truva say that he exchanged texts with Kara afterwards and he doesn't want to see anybody get hurt. That's not what we're here for. Well, if you don't want to see anybody get hurt, you can't continue to hit people with their head down. And the old schoolers of the world are going to say, well, keep your head up. Well, no, there's a puck on the ice and the object's to score. It is incumbent on the person laying the hit not to hit a person who is in a compromised or dangerous position. And that's what I've seen out of the last couple of these, the hit on McKinnon, the hit on Kara. Those players were in really vulnerable spots and Truba blasted them. So I think Truba's got a rep around the league now within locker rooms. I appreciate his reasoning, but it's the type of hits that I'm not sure we can go forward in the game. I've seen too many friends being in dark rooms for too long because of them
0: yeah and I think that's exactly it it's again another shift in the way the NHL is going and you highlighted the debate perfectly you got one crowd and it's mainly an older school crowd saying you know keep your head up when you're going through those spots you got another group that's saying hey protect the guy who's in a vulnerable spot and also the NHL talks about always wanting to get more offense I would create more offense if they protect these guys who are you know basically just trying to score goals especially McKinnon who's in the slot the one thing I would maybe critique and again it's Weird to critique this stuff because in the media we get to slow everything down and we get the still images and the .25 slow motion replay. But his elbow extending out after, like if he just kept that down, in my opinion, the hits wouldn't look quite as bad. Um, but we'll, we'll certainly something to keep an eye on because I mean it's been back to back games now for Truba. You'd wonder if if a third one happens, if maybe that gets the NHL's attention. Uh, let's talk a little bit about goal scoring though, Mike, and the race for the Rocket Richard. starting to get a little bit interesting and the two big guns that have been going for the first 20 games of the year leon dry and alex ovechkin slowing down maybe just a little bit dry has just Mm -hmm. one goal in his last five Ovi has just two in his last five as well and then austin matthews like that gif of big bird knocking down the door stands there with eight (laughs) in his last five he's still four back of dry but i'm getting this feeling that Maybe Austin Matthews should start to be considered the favorite for this award again because he is rolling right now, Mike. I think it's a three man race. And the players
2: that you highlighted are right there for me as well. I, and I kind of looked at past history. Alex Ovechkin's been the Rocket Richard winner nine times previously. And in recent history, here too 1920 last time. Ovechkin can just continue to fill the net. It's what he does. He's been consistent this year. A little bit of a slowdown, but you never know the next time Ovechkin's going to pop off for two or three goals. I think he has a very real possibility. Drys Idol is interesting to me. He's hit 50 goals once previously in his career. He has slowed down. He's had one in his last five games. He, to me is a long shot at this point because I'm not sure he's going to get to that next level that Matthews has been at previously. Matthews is one; He's the reigning Rocket Richard champion. You know, last year he had 41 goals in 52 games and he's trending towards that. I'll tell you what, he's crushing five on five. And then I watch him snap it around on the PP with Tavares and Nylander. I think, to, I think Matthews is the horse here, guys. And I, I wouldn't count out Ovechkin or Dreisaitl, but I'd put my
0: money on Matthews right now. Yeah, and I think I would as well. I'd love to see what the updated odds are. There were none posted over at Points Bet today, but I, I agree. Like I just think Matthews only being four back right now. Um, either way, I think it's great for the league that these three could be going right down to the wire. Since the lockout in 04-05, we've only had Ovechkin and Stamkos who've hit the 60 goal mark. I look at all three of these guys in Dry Saddle Ovi and Matthews. I think they can all do it, Mike. Like, dry Dreisaitl yeah. slowed down, yeah. but what have we seen through the first 20 games of the season? This is a guy who, when he gets rolling, he can do exactly what Matthews did with eight in his last five. All three of these guys have the ability to just kind of go into this different mode almost, where they raise their game and bang, they got a hat trick and a two-goal game, and boom, they're right back in the race. So this is great for the sport that we have these three beasts going for this Rocket Richard.
2: Oh, they're just so dangerous with the puck. And you think about opposing goalies when you skate out on the ice, like, you know, you're in one when you're playing <laughs> against them. And especially in some of these cities where you've got multiple weapons, man, all three of those teams are dangerous. And that's a big factor.
0: Let's move on to a guy who's lighting it up in the American Hockey League. And Mikey wrote a fascinating story over at Daily Faceoff, the curious case of martin firk and this is a guy who you know 202 career ahl points in just under 300 games in his last 68 american league games though he's put up 70 points he's having a fantastic season take us through what's so fascinating about this player and his career
2: yeah marty firk is the reigning player of the month for november in the american hockey league he has an absolute missile okay 109.2 miles an hour He shot a puck at the AHL All-Star Game in 2020. I was doing color commentary for it. I knew it was coming. You know why? I played against him in the 2017 Calder Cup Finals, and I felt the wrath of that shot. He scored the game winner in Game 6, screenshot over my left shoulder, off the crossbar, from a standstill. I remember him shooting and thinking, this guy has the hardest shot I've ever faced in my life. And I faced Weber, Charo, Ovechkin, all the big dogs, most players in North America. He left a welt under my skin on my thigh. That was the size of a matchbox car. It was there for three weeks. So not only did we lose in the finals, I had a lasting impression from Martin Furk of how bad that hurt. But I really want to highlight, though, the fact that this guy put up six goals in 17 games for the Kings a couple years ago, despite playing like 10 minutes a game. He's never really been given a true chance in the National League, except for the one year in Detroit. Didn't play big minutes. I look at a guy like this. He has a weapon that nobody else in the world, in my eyes, has. The way he shoots the puck. And the Kings are 25th in the league in scoring right now. They just called up a playmaking centerman, T.J. Tynan. T.J. Tynan's an amazing player, but he doesn't have a shot like Martin Furk. I don't get it. He's one of those few players in the American Hockey League that you just look at and wonder, like, why is this guy not in the NHL? He belongs
0: there. I think he should be in the National Hockey League with the Kings. Is this maybe a comment on a player getting lost in the shuffle in a few organizations who maybe doesn't have that first-round draft pick pedigree, and that maybe causes them to just get overlooked one too many times? And once that happens, it's hard to get looked after that?
2: You know, it's really hard once you leave your original organization that drafted you. And, and FERC did have some juice behind him with the Detroit Red Wings. For whatever reason, his second year with them, it just didn't work out. And so, you know, he goes back to the American League and ends up having to go to, to L.A. And, and he gets another chance, but he doesn't have any juice behind him because he's not a prospect. It's hard to shake that label. And I, I mean, I had it in my own career. I was a great American League goalie, not great in the NHL. But once you have a label, it's hard to get out of that. I think that's what FERC has on him. He just needs a proper chance to get to the NHL again and actually show what he can do, because I think he's a more complete player now than he was even three, four years ago.
0: Let's move on and get to a segment that we've labeled icebreakers with Frank Saravalli. Welcoming in Frank Saravalli, who looks like a million bucks. Holy smokes, he's got the suit matching the decor in the hotel room. (laughs) Hello, Uh, Frank. Let's jump right into a story that broke last night from Katie Strang, Uh, the Arizona Coyotes, and another issue between them and their arena. What can you tell us about what's going on there?
1: Yeah, this one hit the NHL squarely in the face. I think a little bit of a surprise in terms of the Arizona Coyotes not paying their bills, and look, To be 100% certain, there's a negotiation that's ongoing here between the Coyotes and the city of Glendale. They've been going back and forth, and I think the Coyotes have sort of kept it in their pocket as this last-ditch opportunity. Hey, if everything else fails, maybe we could just go back to Glendale and and renegotiate our lease to continue playing there, at least until we can get our arena built. The city of Glendale has said, hold on a second. You're not even paying your bills. And I think when this hits the NHL, the Sector of 132 teams potentially being locked out of its arena midseason for not paying. Well, that certainly uh, leaves a black mark on the rest of the league as well as everyone convenes here in Florida for the first time in two calendar years together due to COVID-19. The Coyotes say that they're going to pay their bill and sure well before that deadline. But the other part of this is that the city of Glendale and likely the state of Arizona are going to want a more upfront payment, because there's certainly going to be a bill due by the time that lease expires or is terminated on June 30th. So the Coyotes pay now, maybe pay up front a little bit as well, because they're not exactly trustworthy in the eyes of the city and the state. Mm.
2: Well, on a different subject, Frank, there's a lot of talk about the Olympics right now, and there still seems to be something to be learned about what a quarantine period would look like for somebody who has a positive COVID-19 test while in China. And once the players learn more, they're going to be canvassed to take their temperature on the issue. But are, there, are the owners just as concerned on this one, Frank?
1: 100% and that's certainly going to be a topic of conversation in these meetings, which convene at two o'clock today and will continue on into Friday. But the owners, we know, For a long time now, have had very little appetite to go to the Olympics. And, you know, they've negotiated in good faith with the NHLPA to get the players there because it was so high on the players' priority list back when the CBA was negotiated in June of 2020. The thing is, yes, Dell has the ability to unilaterally step back from Beijing because one game and more were postponed uh, due to COVID 19. But as it relates to the quarantine, what the nhl and the owners are concerned about is the significant potential disruption to their schedule once the olympic break actually ends so to put it in more concrete terms for you let's say for hypothetical connor mcdavid test positive for covid 19 the day before the gold medal game well as the olympic playbook was written a few months ago he'd have to quarantine in a chinese isolation facility for three weeks so the games would have ended the players would have all gone back. NHL games would have begun. And Connor McDavid, just to use the hypothetical, would be stuck in China while the Edmonton Oilers resume their season. That's obviously something that would be untenable and unfavorable for the NHL's owners. And the, uh, they're waiting for an update from China and this Olympic playbook to say, hey, can we at least send a plane over a charter flight, a medical evacuation flight, to get any player who would be infected back over to at least quarantine in North America to speed up the process. So NHL players want an answer to that, and most certainly NHL owners want an answer to that as well.
0: Final one to hit on with you, Frank. Uh, are you expecting any sort of fallout over the next few days over the way the Kyle Beach situation was handled?
1: Maybe not fallout, but certainly some discussion because you heard Mark Chipman, the chairman of the Winnipeg Jets, say that, look, the NHL, needs to be better on this topic, not just sexual assault and sexual abuse, but also just, you know, general, um, you know, bad behavior and the NHL has made it clear if you see something, you need to say something. But the fact that Mark Chipman is on the 10 member executive committee that began meeting this morning uh, to enact change, he's certainly going to be someone that questions are going to be asked of, as well as Kim Davis, the NHL senior executive vice president um will certainly be outlaying her plan to the board of governors to say hey here are the steps that we've taken since we instituted this plan in 2019 here's how we think we can strengthen it with some input input from people like sheldon kennedy and let's find a way to move this ball forward we'll see What kind of tangible changes come out of it? That's the real question for me is what are some things that the NHL can implement now to make sure that we don't have another situation that unfolds, unfortunately, for Kyle Beach and Chicago Blackhawks uh, just a little over 10 years ago.
0: Frank, you enjoy the heat. You enjoy your time down in Florida. We'll chat again tomorrow. This has been another edition of Icebreakers. Let's dig into our Daily Faceoff inbox question. You can send in your own hashtag AskDFO or send us a DM on our Instagram at DailyFaceoff. Mike had the hockey world buzzing today. Bob McKenzie, Bobby Margarita, <laughs> announcing that he's got his very own canned margarita. It's available now in Alberta, so I can see the liquor store just around the corner of my house. I'm running as soon as this show is over to go give him a try. Uh, but the question we got here, if there could be one product that you'd want with your name and your face on it, what would it be? Well, I, you know, I
2: love to cook and man, do I ever love pizza? And I'm at the point where I feel like I've perfected Detroit style pizza square. Okay. I guess rectangular crunchy edges, you know, really crispy on the bottom. And I get the top of it nice and browned up. I'd love to do a frozen pizza. I don't know what it would be called, but I had a suggestion of mine from uh, from my buddy Jason a couple of minutes ago. He was like, you know what? You should have the Supreme Pizza. Call it the empty netter because you don't like sausage. You wouldn't have sausage on the pizza. So it's a Supreme Pizza without sausage. It's called the empty netter. I don't know. I thought that was pretty it. funny. Uh, but man, yeah, I'd love to have a frozen pizza sitting in the aisle and whatever we name it would be pretty cool. But I just, I love it, man. I love making the dough. I love making the sauce. I just, it's kind of become a science and a and a habit and a pastime and man i like food and i think that's a that'd actually be kind of realistic right like frozen pizzas oh, yeah. are pretty easy to get down the assembly lines so maybe i got a backup plan if this all doesn't work out for me tyler <laughs>
0: I love it. And also a compliment to those pictures we just showed when you sent them in originally and said, Hey, I want these up on the screen. I was like, why is Mike sending us stock images of, of frozen pizzas? But those are your own. Dude, those, those are your own my, dude.
2: That's right, man. That's um, my cutting board. That's my pizza.
0: <laughs> I, I'm a pretty basic 24 year old. So I would follow in the footsteps of Bob McKenzie. I'd go with a beer. Give me a nice like West Coast IPA or something like that with my name, my face on it. Oh, make life good for me. As long as I get some free ones, I'd be happy. Uh, Let's dig into our daily best bet segment now, courtesy of our friends over at PointsBet. And finally, my mediocre streak is over. I went 2-0 and last night. I am now 55-33-3 on the season, up 17 units, and looking to keep it rolling with three bets tonight. Let's jump into the lines, starting with a matchup between the Minnesota Wild and the San Jose Sharks. The Wild come into this game at minus 145 on the money line. They're on a seven-game heater. They're 8-4-1 and on the road. And yes, the Sharks have been a good team this year as well. They've been playing decent as of late, but I just simply think this line is a little bit too short Considering the Wild, are top 10 in five-on-five five goals for and shots for. And the Sharks are in the bottom third of the league in both those numbers. So I'm taking the Wild on the money line tonight in San Jose, my second play. And this one has a little bit of an asterisk next to it. But the New York Islanders finally won a game. They're still yet to win in their new arena. But they got that win, snapped their losing streak. And actually, even before getting that win... They had had four straight one-goal losses with three of them coming in overtime or a shootout. So I like them in this spot against the Predators. But the one caveat is I need to see that David Riddich is the confirmed starter. If that happens, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com. Brock will have everything updated. But if it's Riddich in net for the Preds, I'm going Islanders money line at minus 110. And to wrap things up, my player prop of the day, Trevor Zegras had maybe one of the best assists in NHL history the other night. And I know some people might be looking at me picking a Zegras assist tonight and saying, ah, you're just doing that because he's in the news and he was on the highlight reel. But this is a guy with eight assists in his last four games. He's picked up an apple in seven of his last 10. And the Columbus Blue Jackets have allowed 12 goals against in their last three games. So I think there's a chance for the Ducks to get involved in a lot of offense tonight. And I like Trevor Zegras to be in the mix to pick up an assist. So Zegras. An assist, plus 140. Islanders money line if Riddich starts. And Minnesota on the money line in San Jose. And quickly, Mike, before we get to garbage time, a couple of news and notes from around the NHL. The Ottawa Senators have recalled first-round pick Jacob Bernard Docker. He could be making his NHL debut in the coming days here. And Charlie Lindgren is going to get the start tonight for the St. Louis Blues. And now finally, it is garbage time. Mike, what do you got for us?
2: Well, you know what? There's phrases in the hockey world that I want to see go away and I'm going to spike one here. And now from this point forward, nobody is ever allowed to say again at the end of the day, we can't do it. It's gone. That phrase is spiked. No more. Never said again. I'm sure I'm just as guilty as anybody out there, but the number of times that I hear this phrase in press conferences, in everyday talk, It just makes alarms go off in my head that we can't we think of something else. We're just filling space enough with at the end of the day. Let's come up with something interesting or just just talk. Just be honest. It just fills space. All we're trying to say is look in the mirror, folks. That's all I got. I'm so sick of it. We're spiking at the end of the day.
0: Well, it is not the end of the day, but it is the end of our show, Mike. Fantastic stuff as always. You enjoy the hockey tonight. You enjoy your weekend. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow with Steve Greeley and Frank Saravalli. Keep it locked on Daily Faceoff and enjoy your day.
2: Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff show. Make sure
0: you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode.